So a lot of people, when they're trying to like change a diet or they're trying to change themselves, what they do is they have something in the future that they hope is greater to make the present sacrifice. I have something in the present already that is greater. And so in that situation, it's not hard for me to make that quote-unquote sacrifice. It's not a sacrifice, it's a cost. Hey, it's Jason Flatlin here. You're listening to The Jason Flatlin Show, where I'll be sharing everything from sales and webinar tips to improving productivity and reaching your infinite potential. Jason Flatlin here. I'm going to talk to you today about bulletproof focus. I can teach for hours. I could teach for days. And when I'm teaching and I'm training, it doesn't even feel like I'm creating. It feels more like I'm channeling. Like what? Huh? It's like it's effortless. It is automatic. It just comes out of me. It's not something that I'm having to deliberately work at. Uh, of course, there's always a crash afterwards. But yeah, you say, hey, Jason, you need to talk uh, eight hours a day for the next two days on just this one topic. You good? And I'll say, uh, not really. And they're like, what, too much? I go, no, I don't think it's enough. You've only given me 16 hours to train on this. I, I need 70, but I'll take 16. I guess 16 is su sufficient. And so how am I able to do that? I call it bulletproof focus. This is how I can get into a state of focus for certain things, not everything, not most things, but for a few things, the, the most important things that I feel like I can contribute in my business and life, I can get into a state of bulletproof focus and I can just other people's limitations. Uh, to me, it's just a warm up. So I'm going to show you how to do that in this video. Now, first of all, before we, we talk about the how, let's talk about the why. Why is this so important? I'll tell you why. When you're on you get 10 times as much stuff done and it's better quality too. You're feeling great. You're in the zone. You're really rocking it out. It's something that it's hard for you to approach repeatedly and regularly. But man, you only need it a couple times. Think of some of the greatest art that's ever existed. The artist is channeling something deeper than themselves because not everything they make is a masterpiece, but occasionally they hit those masterpieces. I'm telling you, they have this bulletproof focus when they do. They're zen den. So they, they, they output more and the, the quality is higher. Whew. Wow. Doesn't take much of that to rise immediately to the top of whatever industry that you're in. It's also important to understand that the difference between being a 9 out of 10 and a 10 out of 10 on something is more than just one point. You could be a 7 or an 8 or a 9 out of 10 in something, and nobody really knows the difference. But everybody knows the difference between a 9 out of 10 and a 10 out of 10. There's that, there's that quality of excellence where even if it's just a little bit better than everybody else, it stands out because it's still better than everybody else. If everybody else is blind and you have one eye, you're the only one that sees. And if somebody else is one inch taller than the crowd, everybody can spot that person. And so that's what we want to do. We want to put ourselves in a, in a condition where by having that slight edge, we don't get a slightly better result. We get an exponentially better result. And then lastly, the importance of this is sometimes people accidentally fall backwards into this focus and they don't even realize it or they pray for it and occasionally it hits, but it doesn't. It's like the weather. You don't know exactly if it's going to go on or not. But there are ways to do this almost on demand. Uh, it's not always possible, but you can set up the, the conditions so that it happens regardless of whether you slept well the night before or not, uh, whether you know everything is aligned, Jupiter and, and Mars are in the fourth house and everything, all these perfect conditions meant. No, you can do this so it happens quite regularly, regardless of what's going on externally in your life right now. You can come to depend on it. 
So you ready? Let's talk about Bulletproof Focus. Uh, first of all, it starts before you even do the thing. The pre-focus routine, the pre-focus ritual to put you in a state of Bulletproof Focus is so important. So we got to set up so that way you can enter into the flow by aligning the dials just correct. And so sleep, nutrition, exercise, and meditation. You got to have some of some of those on a regular basis. Now, you know, I don't sleep well every single night, no matter how much I try and how much I make it a priority. We're human beings after all, we're not machines. So I've done extremely well when I have lacked sleep, but never on a regular basis. And so the cost of sleep to me is very great. So then it becomes easy to become more disciplined with sleep. Same thing with nutrition. That sugary taste, meh, it's not worth the cost of me not being able to be in a state that is easy to turn on bulletproof focus. So it becomes easy. I have something greater than the taste. So a lot of people, when they're trying to like change a diet or they're trying to change themselves, what they do is they have something in the future that they hope is greater to make the present sacrifice. I have something in the present already that is greater. And so in that situation, it's not hard for me to make that quote unquote sacrifice. It's not a sacrifice, it's a cost. Same thing with exercise. So exercise, nutrition, sleep, meditation. You gotta have a little bit of that going on at least. Um, for a short term, you can get by without it. Long term, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, that's where it's at. So put a little bit of that in not necessarily because of all the other long-term reasons that you should do all of those things because long-term distant potential upsides, they're not very good motivators. Put them in because the short-term immediate uptick that's possible to your focus, that's palatable, pal palpable, I don't know what it is. It is immediate and it's return. It could happen in a day or two or even a week. So that's the first thing. Second thing is uh, create a conducive environment. So have the materials on hand and have the distractions blocked before you even begin. When it's doing time, it's not thinking time for me. We're going to talk a little bit more about that later. So I got to minimize any possible thing that's going to cause me to think. Thinking is done on off hours. Thinking is done when you're in the shower. Thinking is done when you're standing in line. Thinking is done when you're walking the dog. When you're working, you should not be thinking or you should think only as minimally necessary. That's a requirement. But people think that working is thinking. No, it's not. <laughs> not even close, my friend. And so we want to have, if I'm working on something, I want to have all the materials ahead before I sit down to work. So when I work, I work. When I prep, I prep. But I don't commingle prepping and working together. That's dangerous. Uh, here's the other thing about the pre-ritual. You got to have the reason why before you do the thing as strongly elicited as humanly possible. And the biggest part of the reason why is what's at stake. What's the upside if I master this? And what's the cost if I miss this, the carrot and the stick? And how can I magnify that? How can I get so excited? How can I get so pumped up to do what I'm doing? And this is not necessarily a motivational thing. But when I'm in my most pumped up, I'm not like jumping up and down like I'm at a Tony Robbins event. I'm just glowing differently. My skin color changes like I'm a Super Saiyan Dragon Ball Z character. Uh, it's that internal because I know what's at stake. So I'm calm and I'm poised, but I'm ready to get at it. You don't just say, oh, I got to shoot another YouTube video. You say, what life might I possibly change today by saying the right combinations of word to the right person at the right time? Wow, I got to get on with that. They're waiting for me. 
Let me see if I can show up today and see if that can happen. Things like that, that internal monologue, you put it in yourself, you said, that's what's at stake. It's not making a video, big deal. That's the feature. What's the benefit? What's the end result? So you want to get tied into that. Block the time ahead of time. And then do not allow yourself to look at the clock. Treat this like a casino. So the casinos have kind of figured this stuff out. Uh, If they want to trap you in their system to get their ultimate amount of productivity, which means extracting as much money from you as humanly possible in the least amount of time, one of the things that they do is they do not put time in front of you. So that way hours can feel like minutes. And so if I said, listen, I know this task, I I have this much time to do it in. I've blocked that ahead of time. I'll put an alarm somewhere. So it can snap me out if I have other obligations that I need to attend to. But there's no clocks around here. I don't want to see the time at all because the time is inconsequential. There is no time. Time doesn't exist anymore. There's a task and it needs to be done and I'm in it and I'm doing it and I'm at one with the task. So we block time um, and then let an alarm pull you out of it. Um, At first, force duration. What I mean by that is it's a habit. So you got to get used to working for long periods of time that are uninterrupted. And for most people, it's muscle you got to build up to. So at first it might be 29 minutes or it might be 33 minutes or something. Whatever you think is something that is significant enough to get something done in, but is manageable enough that it won't kill you by doing it. So maybe for you at first it's 30 minutes. And then you sit down and say, listen, I ain't getting up till that timer goes off until that alarm sounds then and only then will I get up. So you force it at first. So even if you're non-productive, you're forcing the environment to be productive in for a certain period of time. Then once you get good at it, you can push the limit up to 40 minutes, 50 minutes, 60 minutes. Um, Generally, you can't go past two hours for most people. Uh, But after I get in the zone, unless I have an external obligation, like a meeting or something, I just sit down and I go. And then there is no timer. Uh, then I get up when the task is finished or when I can trust my body enough to know that I'm reaching diminishing returns. But until you get that knowledge of that intuitive feeling of diminishing returns being reached, you set a timer, my friend. You make this rote. You say, here's the, here's the amount of time that I, gotta, I have to allot to this, whether productive or not. It's only this that I'm doing. If I have to sit there and type nonsense for a half an hour to try to write an article and it comes out and it's garbage at the end of it, I made my half an hour. I put my reps in. So you got to make this mechanical at first, and then you will be able to transcend it. So that's pre-ritual. Now, what happens when you're in focus? And I talked about some of this before. So we're setting up the conditions so when you're at work, you work. So do just the task, nothing more. What does that mean? If you're writing, you write. Don't edit. Don't think. Don't pause. Don't stop. Write. When I write, I turn off all of the squiggly lines, all the greens, all the reds, all the spell check, because it tempts me to stop writing and start editing, start adjusting. If I use a program like Grammarly, uh, I got to use that separately. So I first write in a different program that doesn't have any of that markup or any of that distraction. And then later when I'm working in editing mode, I'm only editing. I'm not writing. Now, occasionally, inspiration for other things will hit you. Uh, so for me, I have a process where I jot the idea down real fast and then get the hell out of my head. I don't want to think about it anymore because you're a distraction to me. Uh, so I will get inspiration for other things that I'm not doing and I will want to capture that. But my idea is to capture it as quick as humanly possible and then become amnesic over it until I have to draw it later. I can look at it later when I'm not in work mode. And so whatever I'm doing is what I'm doing. And I'm trying to do nothing more than one specific thing at that time. 
The other thing you want to do when you're in focus is you want to learn how to quiet the mind and seek the alpha state. So if you take a monk who's really totally in a deep meditative state and you put them under some sort of brain imaging scan, they will have a frequency at which their 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 brain vibrates at, or I don't know if it's vibrating or what it's doing, but there's a certain pulse there. So if you do it with somebody who's sleeping, there's a certain brainwave image. If you do it with somebody who's consciously thinking, there's a certain brainwave image. If you do it with somebody who's in a flow state, there's one, and then there's the alpha state. That's the ultimate state. That's where there is really no thinking involved. There's just a higher level of being. And so things get done more naturally with less effort. It's the difference between power and force, which is a whole different video uh, based on the book uh, by David Hawkins. I, I started really thinking about the difference between you know, power and force. Uh, so force would be something where somebody would try to make you a servant. But true power is that inner ability to see things that can never be stopped. Only you can stop that. So there's no amount of change physically that could stop the creativity inside you. The creativity inside you is power. The external shackles, that's force. Power always beats force if it's properly applied. And so power is operating in a state where you're pulling out from the infinite, the creativity. Force is trying to bludgeon creativity into a square peg from a round hole kind of a scenario. So I try to get into the alpha state. And how do I get into the alpha state? It goes back to not thinking. Talk about this earlier. I'm going to sound like a broken record here. I don't care. It's that important. So I think as little as possible when I'm doing the thing, and I try to channel as much as possible. Once I get in the alpha state, I try to guard it at all costs, which is why it's important to have your distractions minimized ahead of time. And lastly, when you're in focus, amplify the positive feelings. So I'll get in the zone, and then I'll start kind of nodding with the rhythm especially if I'm typing, it's like I, I heard a certain beat in my body and I start to move. The physiology changes. Uh, occasionally you hear these guttural cries of triumph and these yeses. I always think of the Tiger Woods fist bump, right? When he hits that putt, boom, like that, I've anchored that. So I'm like, man, when I'm in excellence, oh, one of these states here can amp it up even further. And so if you really hit a flow, find the ways to take it up a notch or two or three. So for some, it's music. Uh, for some, it's caffeine even can take a positive flow. You get in the state and then you boom, you take a shot of espresso and then pop, you pop at it. Experiment with different things. But once you hit that state, magnify it. Most people just say, okay, it's there. Fantastic. This is good. We say, how do we times it by 10? How do we take it up into in, another level? And it's amazing. Once you get, once you increase the size, it doesn't go back. It stays at that new size. And then if you increase it again, it doesn't tend to go back. You set a new limit, and that's exciting. How far can you go? I don't know yet. I'm still trying to figure it out. And that's what you do in focus. And then finally, there is the after-focus phase. And this is what will get some of you. You will undo all of the value you did because you will get in this bulletproof focus state, and then when you're done, you will ruin it in such a way that you won't want to return to it. And that's dangerous. This is why it's important that we have a, a post-focus protocol. Because when you come out of the state, oh my God, it is, it is a rude awakening to the actual world around you instead of the internal world that you develop when you were in bulletproof focus. And so the immediate thing that you want to do is, is shift context. So you get the hell out of the environment that you were just in. Because you don't want to associate the crash or the, the fall down that will inevitably occur by being in the same state that you were in where the high was there. 
because you will like Pavlonianly condition yourself that bad things happen when I'm here at the end of at the end of the deal. So get the hell out of there. Go to somewhere else and and feel that uh, crash, if you will. Or I like to switch because even alpha brainwave stuff it, it requires so much psychic energy. So I like to switch immediately to physical energy. So go out outside. If I've been inside, go outside. Uh, if I haven't been moving, which when you're working uh, for most creative tasks, you're not using hardly any of your physical body. So go out and do something physically. Start swimming. Do anything you possibly can to as much as possible alter the context that you were in as radically as you can in getting out of the environment. So that's really important. Otherwise, you will start to associate the crash with the state, and then you won't want to get in the state because you're worried about the crash. So we minimize the crash by changing the activity so we don't even register the crash anymore. And if we do register the crash, the crash is not associated directly with the task that we just did. Uh, it's associated separately. It's associated in such a way where you're like, okay, I got to change it. So you're changing it all the time. As long as you're changing it, there's no way it really becomes anchored. So, okay, afterwards I got out and I walked the dog. The next day afterwards I got out and I got in the pool. The next day after that, I went out there and I did some jumping jacks. Right? We had a trampoline, jumping on the trampoline. Uh, and th after that, I immediately picked up the phone and I called somebody. Um, you know, whatever the case may be. Just that variance afterwards of a complete different context shift to distract you from going from one state to another and not creating any sort of um, negative association after the state of bulletproof focus has been achieved. And then lastly, do a postmortem. So when you get back to base state, so boom, state of focus, you're on the high. Afterwards on focus, you come down and then you go back to base. When you're in a base state and enough time has passed, occasionally, sit down and say, all right, what went right with that last session? Okay, good. This is went right. This is awesome. I can do more of this. That was amazing. I was, you know, congratulations to me, positive reinforcement. Then you say, what can be improved? Not what went wrong. I don't like to frame it that way, but what can be improved? And you say, okay, so next time, maybe I can do this before I get into the focus state, or wouldn't it be cool if when I was in the focus, this happened instead of that, you just kind of jot that down. And then what can be maintained? What can I just keep the way that it is so it's one less thing that I have to think of? And every single time when you're done with that last bulletproof focus session, you can invest what you learn into the next one. And it doesn't take much to go very far. I, think, I believe as the, the basketball coach Pat Riley said, our goal is just to get 1% improvement a day because in 100 days we'll be 100% improved. And that's how I take the attitude here with bulletproof focus. Let me know how it works for you. I'll see you in the next video. Hey, Jason Flyland here. Thanks for listening to my podcast. If you found this helpful at all, please leave me a review. And thanks again and stay tuned for future episodes.